0: What is up? What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sport card investor and maximize those games. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor, and professional wrestling fan. Yes, sir. Some housekeeping to kick things off. So thank you so much, everybody who's been sliding into those DMs who have been retweeting posts, who have been engaging, giving me feedback. I love that. It's been so much fun to connect with you all and begin to build and develop this community around Stacking Slabs. Um, If you want to connect with me, follow, want to hear more, we've got a social presence. You can follow me at Stacking Slabs on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Yes, sir. Man, I am laughing when I'm sitting in my recliner and my wife is like, What are you laughing at? And I just have to make stuff up. But TikTok's got some TikTok, excuse me, I'm not hip to the lingo yet, but TikTok has some pretty funny stuff in there. And I've had a blast just being a little dumb, a little stupid, talking about the show, talking about my thoughts just from a pure comedic perspective, um, ridiculous platform. So, Follow me on TikTok if you're hip like that. Don't you forget to subscribe, rate, and review. If you're enjoying what you're hearing here, and just not with Stacking Slabs, just with podcasts in general, hit that subscribe button, give the five-star reviews, share with everyone else why you're having a good time consuming that content. I have tried to do a better job of that as I've gone through um, episodes that I've been listening to. It's so important to the exposure and growth, those those reviews really matter. So if you like what you're hearing here, hit the subscribe button. Thank you. Um, all right, let's talk about tunes. So I, I, I feel like I've got a, some good mojo um, talking about tunes. My tune pick for the week, I got to give some love to Jason Isbell and the 400 unit reunions just came out. Jason Isbell is just one of my favorites. Um, his music is just so incredible. It took me a while to really dive into his catalog and his solo stuff. But ever since I have, I have been so excited with everything that I've consumed. There's so much emotion into his voice. Personally, he's overcome a lot of hurdles and he's on the other side of that. And he's just writing some of the best tunes ever. Reunions is a great example of that. It's crazy to think about going to concerts, but last year, um, you know, around this time, we saw Jason Isabel, um, in Carmel, Indiana, at the Palladium, and it sounded so good. And anytime Jason and Isabel's around, I'm going to go see his shows, and I'm so excited he's making new music. So go check out Reunions. There's an uh, electric guitar riff on overseas, that track, and it makes me melt. So check it out. Last Dance Giveaway, that Steve Kerr card. What do you think? 2017-2018, uh, case scripted signatures one of five. There's a pin, tweet, follow, like, and retweet it. It's fun. That that thing goes, I get hit with alerts throughout the week on that. So excited about all of those. And I mean, come on, who can't get more excited about Steve Kerr um, right now? I mean, geez, I mean, he went toe to toe with Air Jordan himself and earned MJ's respect. How about that? That was such a cool story to hear. And um, it made me uh, earn a, learn a little bit more respect from Steve Kerr. Obviously, he's hit that shot. And obviously, he's coached the Golden State Warriors. But man, to hear that he earned Michael Jordan's respect the way he did, how he did, that's really cool. And this card will look really cool in your collection. So I am going to announce that in the episode following the last episode of The Last Dance. Okay, so content shout outs. Definitely being a student of the game, consuming as much content as I possibly can. Want to shout out again two weeks in a row, Kyle from Wax Museum. His episode talks a lot about just the LeBron rookie RPAs and some um, conversations that have been going on on the blowout message boards regarding um, some controversy around, you know, potential trimming, potential just uh, corruption and. It's really kind of like a sports card mystery, to be honest with you. Lawyers are involved. Kyle does a great job of just bringing awareness to the situation. And to me, I listened to the episode. And ultimately, I'm not in the market for a LeBron James RPA card. Lord, I wish I I was. I wish I could get to that level at some day. Uh, but you know, it, to me, my main takeaway was you got to be vigilant when you're out in the sport card market. I mean, there's a ton of good people, but there's also some bad actors out there. So be vigilant. Check out Wax Museum. Um, Want to shout out Breaker Culture. Ty did an episode um, with um, a user named uh, Bunchy and it, they talk a lot about sport cards and what sport cards can learn from the Bitcoin and crypto market, which learning about the Bitcoin and crypto market, it's always been an enigma for me, and it might be even more now. I do have some interest. It's completely fascinating. So if you're just in general looking to learn more about Bitcoin and crypto, and then there's definitely a substantial amount of conversation around sport cards and how it ties in, go check that out. Last dance, I'm all in. We got the Pacers um, episode that will uh, everyone will have uh, watched um, on the other side of this recording. I'm so excited. I I just can't get enough of this. It's probably... It's got to be my favorite sports documentary of all time. It's just so nostalgic. I'm so excited the Pacers are involved at the end. This It's kind of, you know, a, a double-edged sword for me. I think about, man, this Pacers team here is so good and so stacked. You've got Reggie, both Davises, Smiths, Mark Jackson, Jalen Rose, Chris freaking Mullen. I mean, we were just killers. But then you hit the Jordan wall, and that's what everyone. what happens to everyone. So I'm excited to... Uh, watch that. And it's sad that it's going to close. I need part two. Also just NBA seems like there's some positive momentum around NBA. I really like how, you know, the players are kind of aligning and it seems like, you know, the big players with the big voices that the punchline is they want to play. So hopefully they can come up with a scenario where they can make this work for the, that's going to be entertaining for us and safe for everyone. I think it would be super cool if they can figure this out and we get some hoops before the end of the year. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped about and optimistic about the NBA on the, um, professional wrestling side. I got to throw a retro at everyone. If you got YouTube, I don't know if it's on YouTube, WWE network, go check out wrestle war. It'll be in the WCW pay-per-view section, 1989, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. They had a three match trilogy that year that was epic and it closed with, um, this Wrestle War match, um, Steamboat has the title going into it. The match itself is outstanding. The post match angle is even more breathtaking. I had it's been one of those things that you know, I as I was growing up, I would have been. In 89, I would have been um, four years old. So this is, I was I was hulking up. I was, you know, enamored by the warrior, macho man. I was all WWF that at the time. That was my exposure. So I was less familiar with what was happening on the NWA slash WCW side of the house. So I've been spending a lot of my free time during quarantine, obviously during Attitude Area and NWO, my, I knew what was going on, but I've been going back and watching Flair in his prime and it's just ridiculous how good, that guy is. So go check out WrestleWar89. So before we jump into weekly purchases here, I will say I got through a big PSA submission, 50 cards. So it was a fun process to go through for me. It was, um, you know, I was trying to make sure the whole time that, you know, I was st- 50 cards it seems like a lot but when you've got a collection of you know you know maybe 300 400 cards that you're trying to get graded it's really it was a really tough evaluation process i think the punchline for me was you know i picked out those cards that i felt like were more centered around my current areas of investment and focus and that was the 50 i have a subset of cards that i pulled whether they're RPAs whether they're um, older cards where I am going to submit to BGS because I am uncertain about. I know it's really hard to get. Uh, it's hard to get the ten in general, but I think some of these cards might not get the um, ten, but could get the nine point five. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a BGS submission, and I think that's important just to like try all the services, see what you like best, going through that. But yeah. Make sure you read the instructions, follow the rules. Um, I put a TikTok video out on this. It's very short, but it hits the main highlights. You're just going to want to read the rules. Uh, Check the rules because you don't want, obviously it's going to take a while for that package to get back, but you don't want any roadblocks along along the way that are self-inflicting. So yeah, if you are um, submitting cards or you got questions, reach out to me. I'm happy to be a resource. I will say to weekly purchases, I got a little bored this week, which happens as card collectors. And I had, we had a a minor ant problem. So I had to go mask up and go run into target and buy some raid and just like become the exterminator in my house, which is kind of fun actually. But anyways, I, of course I dropped by, look at the cards, no mosaic, not happening. I haven't seen mosaic and probably won't see it because I'm not out in the mix much, but I saw some baseball and some tops and I always see it. And I know I say, you know, I'm not a huge, I appreciate baseball, but I'm not in the game like everyone else is collecting and investing in baseball, but there's enough conversation around baseball product and tops in general in the market that I w- I'm interested in. I might not be spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on baseball, but I think it's okay If you are, you know, wanting to get educated, low risk spending 40 bucks. And I bought some, I bought some series one, I bought some opening day, I got some, you know, a hanger and a a blaster and I got some fat packs and it was just fun for me. I hadn't opened baseball cards up in like probably 20 years just to open baseball cards being less educated, learning who are the rookies I'm looking out for. Obviously, I know, you know, you want to see, you want Mike Trouts, but you know, I hadn't opened up a Tops product in a while. So it was really fun to go through that process. I um, won't be spending a ton of time and money on baseball, but did that for entertainment and education. So what hit my doorstep? Peyton Manning. Lots of Peyton Manning. Guys, I'm all in on Peyton, not just because I'm a homer and he's my favorite football player of all time, but I think he's completely undervalued, especially from the perspective of um, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame this year, and everyone knows and loves Peyton. Okay, so I I just think he's really undervalued, and I'll tell you this: I'm going to give some of this like personal like what I'm investing. I'm going to go a little deeper here because our Friday conversation is going is going to be a conversation, so it's going to be a little different this week. Um, but going back to Peyton Manning, you know, I just it's really hard and for me to look at a PSA ten Manning. Bowman rookie, and then go look at like a Drew Locke Prism 10. And I know there's so many market dynamics and variables, but when they are going for the same price, like if you're thinking about safe and sound investment, doesn't it make more sense to put that money in Peyton Manning right now? I think so personally. So on the Peyton Manning side, I have been busy. I This week alone, I got five new cards. So I actually bought separately. I bought a Bowman Chrome raw card, 98 rookie. I got that for 20 bucks. And then I got the Bowman rookie card with the map in the back. I got that for 20 bucks. So I got them back and in hand and I am blown away by the quality. I really think they could be tens. I think I'm going to send them both to BGS because Uh, I think they have a really good shot at least 9.5. But so that was 40 bucks on those two cards. I also got a, um, let's see here. I got a Topps Gold Label 98, which is a beautiful card. It's got a, I'll I'll post some pictures of these cards to make sure everyone uh, sees this. It's got a nice shine to it. It's got some uh, refraction. And it's two images of Peyton setting up to throw and releasing that ball, probably going to be a touchdown. It's got a nice little headshot on the back. He looks so young, but um, that was an $18 uh, card there. I also got, that was raw, and I got his 98 Upper Deck Black Diamond for 20 bucks. Really good shape. All of these are going to be submitted. On the grading side, I got a 98 flare Showcase Manning Mint 9 card. I got this for $30. It's a great looking card. It's just going to be one of those cards I think as Manning's cards elevate and increase, this one I could see taking off like a, a solid Jordan insert has. I think like that's how I'm really looking at it. And then I dipped a little bit outside of 98 99. I went 2000 and I got a Mint 9 PSA 2000 metal card. And it's the flare metal. It's just such a dope card. And it's one of those cards that if people are buying up Manning and they're looking at Mannings, this is one people are going to buy. And I got that for 18 bucks. So I spent, you know, you know, a little over about probably about $150 in the last week on Peyton Manning. I know for a fact that I'm not going to lose out on Peyton Manning. It's only going to go up. So why not put some more money in Peyton? So My mentality on Peyton is I'm trying to buy up Peyton right now, raw, buying graded, hitting my spots. And then I want to, a majority of that, I want to sell when Hall of Fame comes and I want to take that money and then go buy big boy Peyton Manning cards. Go buy those autos, those patches, those $5,000 cards that I wouldn't just go buy out and transact on like it's nothing. That's my strategy with Peyton. I want those those big boy cards. And I can't wait for those to for this to all happen. But it's having a plan, and that's what I'm doing with Peyton. Got a Zion hoops raw, 20 bucks. I just I just think like, I know it's you throwing these to get great and it's a little bit of a gamble, but I think it's less of a gamble on hoops. And, you know, if Zion is going to be the guy and I can get his hoops card for 20 bucks, why wouldn't I do it? It just seems like a no-brainer. And then One that I got some validation on this week, but I had been sniffing around. I got a green prism Chuma Okiki. If you don't know who Chuma is, he was the rookie drafted by the Orlando Magic. He got hurt. Um, He got hurt um, at Auburn. They had that good run. He got hurt. His knee, he was out, but tons of talent. He opted to go play in developmental this year while he recovered. He's been killing it. The Magic, their, their situation, they need help and excitement. So I think Chuma has an opportunity to really find a spot on that team and a spot find a prime spot to score and be versatile and be featured. And just because the Magic are desperate for that right now, so Okiki is, it's it's kind of a low risk. I bought his green prism for seven bucks. So I think to me, part of my strategy is I like not only to invest in the Paytons, but to invest in those NBA hopefuls. And I think he's got a good shot of making some noise. I'm going to be talking next week about a big time player that I am buying up this weekend. I don't, I don't, I typically don't want to share information about these cards until I get them in hand. Um, I don't want to jinx any mishaps, So, but I've got someone that I'm buying up this week and that I'll talk about next week. Okay, so let's jump into the, before we jump into kind of the bulk of the conversation here, I just want to address the industry news that was going on regarding just Mosaic and di- the distribution and canceled orders. You know, I think for me, as someone who's, you know, back in the hobby and trying to understand the whole landscape, that sucks, especially that sucks to the people that are putting in orders ahead of time, expect that product are, you know, are, you know, going out on a limb to, you know, put their money into the game and they don't see anything on the back end. You know, that sucks. I think it sucks even more when the, the Mosaic is, you know, doing Dutch auctions for a product that they couldn't get to their people that have been buying their product and are getting their answer, their orders canceled. And then people, it's out in retail. So there's something, there's some funny business going on. And it just, to me, it just, it makes me, you know, it makes me just think like you really just have to be vigilant and be a student of the game as you're going through this and uh, be cautious. But that's kind of, that's that there's with growth, there's going to be some news that are going to impact people and not be so good. I am on a future episode going to just talk about brand building and why I think like although Panini has a monopoly on the market right now, why brand is still important and that's something I think about on a day-to-day basis and I'm going to go deeper into that soon. Okay. So let's jump in. You know the power of this platform that I have been working on with stacking slabs is that there's I'm observing so many people coming in and out each day and, you know, I am having so many conversations and I'm learning so much and really my mission here. And I've said it time and time again, but I want everyone to stay. I don't want people like inevitably. I know people are going to come in. They're going to try to make a quick buck. You know, people are going to come in and people are going to love the feeling of ripping wax. And then they're going to be out. They're going to be out after they've you know blown through their whole, um, Uh, stockpile of cash, and then they didn't pull that Zion, and then they never come back again. We don't want that. That's not good for the hobby. What is good is that people stay and people transact and people are educated. And so I think for me, in doing what I'm doing with this show, it's my obligation to share as much information in real time About what I'm going through and what I'm hearing, because I want you to take those learnings, and you don't have to take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. You you can pick. Hopefully, it's one nugget, and that can help you become a better collector and investor. I I really think that's important. So as I'm thinking about this, I'm beginning to understand that this show this is this show is. I'm not sitting up on a platform and I'm not telling you that I'm an expert and I'm not telling you that you have to put your money in these cards and if you don't, this that's a bad decision. That's not what I'm doing here. With What I'm doing here is I'm sharing the information I have, what I'm learning with everyone because I want people to become educated and I want people to stay. I'm emphatic about that. I want this to be fun. I want this to be um, something everyone, you know, when we're, not, when we're not dealing with kids or dealing with work, people are enjoying the hobby and there's some fun, some, some humor, some, some interaction, some sense of community with that. So that's really what I'm trying to do here. So I want to share just, in my opinion, the principles that I am taking as I've entered this hobby and in reflection. And I really feel like, you know, this seems silly, but I apply everything I do from a, a card collecting and investing perspective to how I operate from a um in my role professionally. And I really think it's important to have like specific core values and you know, it could even be a personal core value statement that you're pointing to and reflecting back to when you're trying to make decisions on a day-to-day basis about moves and things you're doing in the hobby. So I have personally, as I have been, you know. I'm all in guys and gals. I I I am. I love this. This has been so much fun. I just diving in and learning and meeting people and, you know, going through this process. I'm not leaving anytime soon. This has been so much fun. So I want to but in order for me to feel that confident and comfortable with saying that, you got to have core values and those core values are what you stand for and what you're going to point back to when you have to make good or bad decisions. So mine, I'm going to share them. Number one, have fun. You got to have fun. If you're not having fun with this, then it's probably not the hobby for you. There's tons of other things that people can be doing. Like go flip shoes, go collect coins, go, you know, collect stamps, um, you know, do whatever. But this is supposed to be fun, right? Research, if you're not having fun researching and learning, you're not having fun, that's an important aspect. That's something you got to have fun with. Meeting people, building a sense of community, like that is fun to me. Like so, and I think those are the types of things you have to do in order to get better and learn more. Professionally, I've talked about this a lot, but like I work for companies, and my job is is in marketing. I build brands and I generate interest and generate leads for companies. And to me, like with stacking slabs, I'm having fun because I'm getting to let you all know who I really am in this process and deliver that sense of authenticity that there's no BS because I'm trying to build my brand with stacking slabs. And I want you all to realize this is, this is me. And this is, this is really how I feel. And I'm being as honest as I possibly can. That's what I'm doing with this platform, but I'm having fun doing it and I'm having fun getting feedback from it. And, you know, these are your decisions to make. You got to have fun doing it. Like if, if you are an entrepreneur and you, or you have, you, you have a, a mentality like an entrepreneur and you have some interest in sports and you're diving into sport cards and you're, you're looking at it like that's an opportunity to treat it like it's your own business. It's your own portfolio. Like think like an owner, like those types of things. I think you got to have fun doing it. So that's number one. Number two, you got to be easy to do business with. Communication is everything. I've talked about this on previous episodes but that is something that I take pride in in all of my interactions. If someone is buying or if I'm buying something or if I'm selling something, I want to make sure that that person on the other side of it, the expectations have been set. And not only do they are they someone that they're getting a good uh, feeling from working and dealing with me, it's because I want I want to build that network and I want to work with them again. So it's easy stuff like communication, like making sure your written words are clear, And then it goes all the way down to tactically. So when you're sending packages, don't put scotch tape on the top of the top loaders. The top loader's ruined. It's a pain in the ass for anyone to get that card out. And to be honest with you, like I'm always concerned when there's the residue. It's just, there was a time this week where I had to literally take out a box cutter and cut a card out of its top loader while not damaging the card. That is I don't know what you're thinking if you're sending cards like that but stop doing it like that's not good. It shouldn't be a burden on the person on the other end receiving it to get their card. It really shouldn't. We're spending our money. Like I know you're trying to protect it and the intention is good, but there's a way to do it with good intention in making it easier on the person that's buying your product. Take note of that. Like people don't want scotch tape. People don't want things packaged up. Use bubble wrap, protect it. Like come on, let's let's be pros here. Third, be a student. I think this is the most important thing. You really gotta be a student of the game. You gotta really have a desire to wanna learn. Um, Learning is everything in this, and no one knows everything. Things are so fluid. Consuming content, talking with others, building those relationships, being a student, very, very important. Core value number four, having a plan. I've talked at nauseam about just planning and building and growing and what you want to do and setting those expectations. It's really important that you don't walk into eBay every day just because, you know, you saw a uh, YouTube video about on John Morant and you go just blow your whole load on John Morant cards. Like that's, that's like going into a, you know, a a casino and, you know, finding a slot machine and just pouring all your money into that hoping and wishing like, It's you got to have a plan, like you got to have those expectations. You got to hold yourself accountable for what you're doing and why you're doing it. A lot of that is the research you have to do on the back end. And the research builds confidence and helps direct some of those activities so that when you're jumping on eBay, you know what you're searching for. You have set those expectations for yourself on the specific card and price. You got to have a plan. And the final one is playing the long game. I know there's so much money and there's money right now. And there's a lot of people saying sell, 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 and totally agree. It's a great time to sell. It's a buyer's market. Like people are looking to buy some cards. There's so many new people. But like, I think too, it's, there are going to be people that are in it to flip. But then I think if this is something you want to be in long-term and you want to view it as a long-term investment, you got to play the long game, right? So part of my long game is investing in those players that it's undeniable that their cards are just going to whether stay where they are continuing to grow because of their compelling events, but just the, the, the Mount Rushmore type athletes. So it's easy for me. I talked about Peyton Manning at the beginning of the episode. I have an emotional attachment to 18 and you know, he's going to the hall of fame and he's everywhere. Like he's got his own show. Everybody knows Manning. He's built his own brand. So his cards are always going to be consistent and nice. And that's security to me. And that's fun. But then there's, the short-term games on rookies like Seku that I hope pan out, but they might not. Um, so it's you got to have that dynamic, and you got to know when the money's coming in, when you expect it, and treat it all as a long game. So just make sure, all in all, that you know y- you all are looking at this as something that when you wake up in the morning makes you happy, because that's really critical, and it's it's also very important, I think, to kind of reflect and think about this from the perspective of. What do I stand for in this hobby? And what are those things that I can point back to? And what are those core values that are really going to drive my process and strategy moving forward? I hope that was helpful. I hope you all are thinking about core values and how they can make you better sport card collectors and investors. Let me know. I'd love to hear if you're thinking about things that way. You know you can find me on all of those social channels, at Stacking Slabs. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that five stars, leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Happy collecting, happy investing, and most importantly, be safe out there.